Welcome to Brothers King Talk, where we view eternity through the lens of art. My name is Samuel. And I'm Solly. And we are back tonight. Woo, woo, woo. Woo! <laughs> I don't know. I, I got nothing. <laughs> so let's we'll go ahead. We'll get started right off with uh, the Billboard charts. They're um, finally changing somewhat. We still have uh, Lauren Daigle at number one with You Say. Um, All the World Says You Say. I don't know. I, I feel like there's supposed yeah, to be a joke there, but... I don't know. <laughs> and then number well, two... So you say. <laughs> so so I say. Uh, number two is still for King and Country. God only knows. God only knows when it's going to change. <laughs> um, and then number three has changed. Finally. <laughs> um, uh, is it, it's Elevation, isn't it? Elevation Worship. It's Resurrection. Uh, resurrection. Which probably, I mean, seeing it was Good Friday, Easter Sunday, probably got played on the radio a whole lot. So. Over the weekend. Yeah. Which bumped it up. That makes sense. I honestly still don't get, like, exactly how Billboard charts work. Because how Billboard charts used to work, back when, like, we still sold single, like, one song on a vinyl record, you know? Yeah. The little uh, I can't even think what how many inches they were. They were really small, the little twelve inch records. Yeah. Um, it used to be the radio stations would call their local rate record store, and they would ask how many units, which one did you move the most units of, whichever one had sold the most. That was the number one song. Ah. Uh, and yeah. so it got the number one spot, right? Gotcha. I have no idea how it actually works nowadays. If anyone out there in the the beautiful land it's probably of the whatever's it's probably what's ever, whatever's played online the most maybe I mean I just want to make sense like that res well I mean kind of I don't know because people have their Easter playlists uh, I don't know I don't know it's I'm, all it's all I mean if you wanted to be really cynical about it you could just say it's whatever song the record companies uh, paid the most money to get the most airtime but right even though that's not technically legal that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. <clears throat> <clears throat> Even with Christian <coughs> Christian radio. <laughs> um, so, Solomon, how do we feel about this song? Uh, I mean, it never ends. It, it it's a long song. Yeah, uh, seven. It's like seven minutes. And I heard resurrection. That's the word I. That's what I heard. Out. Something about resurrected king resurrecting me. Very good play on words, I guess. Okay, no. Very, very shallow um, lyricism here. Um, not that, you know, the resurrection's not great, but... Um, I mean, I feel like on, we need... Be a little bit more artistic. Be a little bit more elaborate. Come on, let's talk about the blood again. Like... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the cross... Like, seriously, as much as I'm glad Jesus went to the cross for us, the cross doesn't mean a thing. The cross... It's the you know, death. Like... There's that, that Newsboys song, and I know we're not talking about Newsboys, but uh, there's a song called The Cross Has the Final Word, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's accurate. I just just honestly don't think that that's accurate, because, I mean, if the cross really was what was uh, saving us, there were two other guys on a cross next to Jesus, you know? <laughs> Couldn't their cross have saved us or whatever? Like, it's a, it's a guy who was on the cross. It's the blood that was shed on the cross. 
But the cross doesn't mean a thing. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, Jesus died on the cross. Lots of people in those days died on a cross. That's a, that's a very, uh, like, one of the biggest ways Romans executed people. That was one of their favorite ways of doing it because it was so shameful and explicit and just everything you could imagine is what happened there. But it has nothing to do with the blood. Let's just talk about something real here. I um, I think what you might be getting at is it feels like sometimes, and this is not to take away from the sincerity of the people singing this stuff, um, you put these worship songs in a live setting, and, you know, rather, it could be argued, are you being moved by music, or are you being moved by the Spirit of God? That's one or another argument from their day. Right. But either way, you get these songs in a live settings, you feel something. And, um... Yeah, it's you called know. the speaker. The speaker creates airwaves. <laughs> you know what I mean, so Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm just... I'm, um, I'm so we can't... I'm not denying, you know, the sincerity of the people performing these songs or writing these songs. But I do feel like sometimes, particularly like you were saying with the cross, it's become more of a marketing term than it has something sincere people are... Right. ...are, like, passionate about. It's just... It's, I can slap a cross on any old thing and I can now charge five more bucks for it because it's a Christian product. Right. And that's that's what it kind of feels like sometimes. Right. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm over the cross. Like, I, I mean, this is probably sounding so sacrilegious, but they don't have the understanding that I do. Like, or, or a lot of people don't. I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm just saying a lot of people don't have the understanding that the cross had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't because of the cross. They could have hung Jesus, and he would have still rose again. Yeah. I mean, for like, it's it's not about what killed him. <laughs> yeah, it's just the it's fact about that, why he decided to die. You know, it's the fact that someone would die for everyone else, right? In someone else's place, and they had the power to overcome that death, right? That's the true That's power the, of Easter. Like, yeah, and I, I'm just saying that people will talk about, oh, the power of the cross. What power of the cross? Like, the Bible even te- like the the Bible even says that Jesus could have like called his angels down from heaven, wiped out the whole earth, and just stepped down off the cross. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no power in the cross whatsoever. <laughs> I think when people say power in the cross, though, they mean the power in Jesus' death. It's like it's a shorthand. Right. Um, rather or not, it's a very good shorthand. And eh. particularly, you know, if uh, you weren't raised in um, American culture where the the cross is such a Christian symbol, you know, let's say you're from another culture where the cross literally is just an instrument of death, it might be a bit disconcerting to be like, "What are you talking about? What?" Oh man, that just made me think. What do what do people like? What do the people from other countries, when they come visit us, and we just have crosses on the back of our car or whatever, what do people really think about us? They're like, oh my god, these people just, they're bloodthirsty. (laughs) I mean, it's, well, also keep in mind, a lot of the cross symbolism did come from Europe. It's a European thing. So, it isn't like it's unique to the United States. Right. But it is unique to uh, people of, like... of European descent, I would probably say. I mean, I don't know. I haven't studied a whole lot of other cultures. Um, we are straying into like territory of stuff I'm not familiar with. Right. I mean, I mean, but, obviously the cross is 
of European descent because Rome is part of Europe. Yeah. Uh, and that's their... Like I said, well, I mean, well, this is just turning into kind of an Easter talk, which is fine. I mean, you know, okay. it's, it's only the Tuesday after. But, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. Songs like that, yes. I mean, at least you okay, they were talking about the resurrection. So, mm-hmm. yes, there is power in the resurrection. But the cross does not really phase me. Like, I'm I'm sounding so much like a jerk right now. Like, I, what my little brother is just trying to say <laughs> is it, it can come across sometimes when people just get fixated on what sounds like a marketing term that it, it can come across that they're not um, sincere in their art. They're not sincere in their uh, in what they're trying to write. That it, it can come across as a bit shallow. Right, yeah, there we it's go. It's like, okay. I, 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 I think I believe something about a cross. Yeah, that's exactly what but I'm saying. It's, what do you believe? Why like, do you believe that? Yeah, we don't know why we believe in the cross. Like, I'm not saying I don't believe in the cross. I do. Yeah. The, but, I mean, if it wasn't for the cross, Jesus wouldn't have died. You know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, but, like, let's let's get more creative with our worship music here. <laughs> Um, well, here's my thing. Like I said, it works great in a live setting, but the moment you're, the moment you put a price tag on something, the moment people start getting paid for their music, it becomes art. Worship music isn't necessarily subjective. It's what you bring to worship God. Right. That's between you and God. People have nothing to do with that. Exactly. The moment you sell that song, though, the moment you make money off of it, it becomes art, and art is very subjective. Meaning that you should be held to some sort of standard. You can't just have the cop out of, oh, it's worship music to God, so it shouldn't matter why I write. Right. And, I mean, that's another thing is, like, I would have a problem, like, if I ever wrote a worship song, yeah, I'd put it out there. I'd, like, see if I could get on the radio. But, like, I wouldn't necessarily just, like, be like, oh, we're going to put this on an album so that we have this 13th song, you know, so we have a full record here. Mm -hmm. And then market it because I feel like worship, even if it's a song, like, when I write a worship song, it's strictly for, oh, this is what I'm feeling. This is the worshipful spirit I have or the praiseful spirit I have towards God. But the thing is that if you're letting men measure the value of your worship then it's not worship if it's for if you're trying to get it valued because like I don't know I just don't see I don't see the point in writing oh this is a worship song we're giving 100% to God but then somebody says oh that song itself's worth 99 cents on iTunes mm-hmm. it's um I, I guess what I would like to see is and I, I go back to this, but it's uh, just because it's it's the standard by what I feel like worship music should be judged. I go back to the Psalms in the Bible. The the writer of the Psalms, there were many, they weren't trying to write worship music. They were just writing what was going on in their life at the moment. And it happened to worship God because they couldn't well, help themselves. See, this is, well, you it's know? not even that. It's just that, like... They would, like, seriously, I'm telling you what, the book of Psalms, people are like, oh, magnify the Lord with me, 
Let us exalt his name forever. Like, yeah, wow, that's really, that's, that's exalt, like, there's a lot of exhortation in there. Mm -hmm. But then there's other Psalms that are like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Like, he leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. This is depressing, David. What is wrong with you? And then you realize that they're not writing, like, it's not by chance that they're, like, worshiping God. They're doing it because they're like, oh, this is the situation I'm in, but I'm thinking myself happy, so I'm just going to make everything okay by worshiping God about it. And even, not all psalms even end happy. If uh, I've been kind of challenging myself to read straight through the book of psalms lately. and Oh, wait until you get a chapter 119. The psalms do not all end happy. No, they Some don't. of them are just flat out depressing, but that's what those people were going through at that their this point in their life. Um, so I don't know. I just if you're going to be selling it, it should have something of artistic value. Um, I don't care that it's a worship lyric. I don't care that it can be used in a church service. That's if it can. Right. If it can, that's awesome. That's awesome. But like. I just don't think like that's just my that's my biggest problem with trying to market worship music is because as soon as we put a price tag on it, we're disvaluing because you know you can have a uh, you can have a Chris Tomlin worship CD over here and a Hillsong United worship CD over here. One of them can be thirteen dollars and the other one can be ten dollars. But what really measures the value in their worship? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the lyrics not might not be so great in one. The music might not be so great in the other. In this case, either. But like you know, we gotta we gotta figure something out. It's gotta be more it's gotta be more artistic here and more it's I mean, yeah, okay. We can't help that people are marketing worship music. We're not yeah, ever I mean, gonna be able to change that. But like Maybe they don't see the maybe see they don't see a fault in it. I and I'm not saying I see a fault in it as much as I see a um, just something that I see as a, a problem, something I wouldn't do because of a moral value I have. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's immoral. I'm just saying it's a value I have that I wouldn't go against. I wouldn't just try to market my worship. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's the problem is, and this is. This complaint can be uttered against pop music at any decade, honestly. Right. But particularly nowadays with the oversaturation we have, it just, there's nothing about this music that tells me a human being wrote this. Right. We literally have programs now. Artificial intelligence is advanced enough. You can tell it, listen to these songs for X amount of hours and write me a song. Right, and, and there's I, nothing and, about this song that tells me a computer didn't write it. I mean, like I know firsthand that like I've been desperate for new songs to, like I've been desperate to write new songs, and writing lyrics doesn't just come easy for me. I can write music off the fly, but I can't just, I can't just start saying words and make it come out all perfect. Mm-hmm. Make, like when I look at your lyrics, I can like look at it and be like, wait, okay, so this would be really cool if we put this line here instead but like there have been times when you're not anywhere around and I'm trying to find a new song because I got this thing coming up and I'm like I want something new to bring to the table and I'll just go online and I say song generator and it it asks you a couple questions it says oh put in a noun here or put in an adjective or put in a verb 
And so you do it, and it'll come up with some songs. Like, mm-hmm. maybe they'd be weird songs that sound something like we all live in, in a yellow submarine. But, but still, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a huge song. I yeah. mean, what is to say that these, that there's people actually sitting down writing these rather than, hey, guys, there's a new song up on Wikipedia. Like, we just, yeah, just go on there. That's the new song we're going to be singing. We just had it generated. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not... And I, I don't want to take away from the artistic... Like, what these people writing the song are trying. Right. I'm not saying they're not writing their songs. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You're saying... Uh, it's like, like there's just tell. nothing... <laughs> there's just nothing... There's no proof in the pudding. It's like we were talking about with Audio Adrenaline last week. Where there's no fingerprint. There's no fingerprint on that song telling me this is unique to that person. Right, well... Yeah, I mean... You're, you mean like when we were talking about... Uh, Audio Adrenaline 4.0. Yeah. And how that band's not fingerprinted, like it has no uh, identification with the original. Yeah, or just uh, uh, of themselves. Like, uh, of the, yeah, they don't have any, yeah. Yeah. Now, what what did you say we should have, they should have called it uh, Hands and Feet? Oh yeah, that'd be a fun project. I mean, I mean Hands and Feet, that would have been an okay worship group. Yeah. And, and be like, okay, yeah, we do worship songs and then cover some of our old, or some of the original band's old stuff and so I don't know like Resurrection um, or no Elevation Worship uh, Hillsong United Bethel all you worship artists out there um, maybe stop trying to release an album every year with 13 new worship songs take a sabbatical for two years get some songwriters locked inside a room with you know some uh, I don't know some some classic uh, books of yeah. some sort you know throw some C.S. Lewis C.S. Lewis with you. yeah <laughs> you know throw in um, some C.S. Lewis put on a put on a Keith Green record Keith write, Green write an album hey you know what let's just do this <laughs> Keith Green and Rich Mullins they're restricted to them okay for two months straight nothing but Keith Green and Rich Mullins and uh, see what you don't come out with um I just, I think, I think the problem hey, is they hey, can it might be safe to even to throw in a little U2. I mean, they're Christian enough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're capable. I'm, I know these people have to be capable of so much more. I mean, seriously. Like, they, they can write good music. It's just waiting for it to happen, you know? Um, you want a good Easter album? I would suggest um, Andrew um, Peterson's Resurrection letters volume one it is an album about nothing but the easter resurrection huh but it is brutal like it's it probably up, it, it, it is up close and this is easter and it's rough but here's the glory in it yeah. you know she if you want a good easter song you could do um uh glory of it all by um david crowder uh, david crowder band I mean, like that, like, and that's a like that's a worship song. Like, seriously, that's something I could see them doing mm-hmm. in like a youth group worship setting. But still, that song still kind of, you know, it can still rock out, man. Beyond that, it's um, it's it's not like, it's not like slapping you in the face saying, "I'm a worship song, worship with me." It's yeah. it's it's just a good song. And it's it makes letting you, want, you like it, you can get with it without being like, oh wait. 
you know, we have to worship. Like, it's not like one of those songs where you're like, oh, I have to worship to this. I could, like, I don't feel like, like, yes, God is jealous and he wants us to worship him. But I feel like he wants us to see the, like, the glory in it. And, like, like it's okay to glory in the power of the cross and not just yeah. worship about the power of the cross or praise God because of the power of the cross. But, like, let's glory in something again. Like, not everything has to be a worship service. Let's have a glory service for once. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know? Like, I mean, I don't know if you know what I mean. Like, the difference is, like, you know, worship songs, you've got your hands in the air, and you're just, like, praising God, but, like, for, a, like, a glory song is like, yeah, man, let's get with this. Like, woo! Yeah, let's... Like, uh... let's run. Let's take a lap on this. <laughs> That's glory. Like, running isn't worship. I mean, you know, you see people running around church and, like, oh, the spirit of worship's all... All up upon him and all that. It's like, yeah, he's glorying. He's praising power. God, you know. Praise, glory. Well, yeah, I guess praise and glory are the kind of the same thing. I like. I, I feel like glory is more of a. I like that. Song. I like that. Yeah. Um. It's just. Let's. Uh. I guess. Um. Let's. And I promise them, we're going to shut up about this. We've been talking about it for twenty minutes now. Yeah. Don't don't get. We're on twenty one. Twenty one. Um. So I guess your song shouldn't be why are we only trying to provoke one emotion in people with our worship music? Right. Every worship song is made to do two things. Make you lift your hands and make you cry. Right. Every time. Maybe jump a little bit. And I'm saying most mainstream. To yeah, pick yeah. any random mainstream worship song, that's what they're made to do. Yeah. I agree. I want one that lets me have different emotions. Those yeah. are those bad emotions? No, there there is a time and a place. I you know? want a worship song that provokes thinking, like you know, like just straight up being brutal and bluntly honest. I want I want a worship song that provokes thinking for once. Like like, huh? That lyric was interesting, and you have to think about that lyric for a minute. You know. I mean, if I was to uh, give a case in point, um, David Crowder Band's Holy Yours yeah. is Such a like, great example like of... they use three different versions of the, of word, the holy. word holy. Like, yeah. And that's like, it's a very straightforward worship song. Yeah. But you have to at least pause for a second. Like, uh, holy, holy, ah, I get it. Holy, holy, yours. Like, I want to be W-H-O-L-E first. <laughs> O L L Y. Yeah, O L L Y. And then like holy, holy, uh, like you are. Yeah. You are holy. It's uh yeah, and then I wanna be holy like you are. Yeah. It's like that's that's just a, a case in point of how your lyrics can have a little bit of thought behind them. Like, cause like you could even take that line just two different ways. Mm-hmm. I wanna be holy, H O L L Y like you are I just want to be holy I want all of me to be like you are you know yeah so I mean see that provokes thinking I like that like but when we're saying here like the resurrected king has resurrected me it's like ouch my brain hurts so little (laughs) like I haven't had to think at all today you know I, I hope for anyone that ever listens to this 
Um, don't think I'm just we're sitting here and just bashing over every worship artist. For the the guys that guys and gals that get up every week and lead a worship service in church, you know, I salute you. You're you're it's trying hard, to go. You're doing a do. hard thing. Like, yeah, you're doing a very hard thing. I mean, they're responsible for uh, you leading know, people for, into the into presence, the of, presence God. of God. And yeah, I could see how it could be hard. It's like okay, this song is simple enough, people can get with it. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, just consider there are also people out there. And a lot of your young people are actually like us, where they're wanting something thought-provoking. And I mean, okay, actually, I don't know how many people are like us. And that. <laughs> we're weird, but we're yeah, we're weird, and we're we're the minority here. <laughs> but but just think about it, and I can I promise you that you will get attention, and you'll get people thinking, and then like you'll get people in the worship worshipful spirit just by provoking them to thinking about what they're worshiping about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, not just necessarily a, um, oh, the Sunday monotony, and we're just going to, okay, today's based on the cross, or today's based on, you know, I mean, like I said, I really wish more stuff would be based on the blood again, you know? Yeah, and uh, we apologize. I'm sure you guys have probably heard all kinds of background noise. We're uh, hanging out uh, in in a house with lots of little youngins, so... They uh, are making lots of noise in the hallway. Yep. Siblings. Uh, Thank you for your patience. Have a gun, but, you know, I'd get in trouble. (laughs) He did not actually mean that, everyone. It was was, a joke. That that was just a joke. Take a joke for once, people. (laughs) You can laugh. Jeez. All right. (laughs) Um, Now, speaking of thought-provoking lyrics, Solomon. What's up? Whatever happened to Waverly? Oh, man. So much. Okay, well, first off, first off be, everyone's probably going, who the heck is Waverly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Waverly. Um, early 2000s alternative Christian rock band. One of the best. Um, right. In totally fact, underrated. But... In fact, like you were saying earlier, they were actually on uh, uh, Mark, uh, not Mark. Yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Stewart's. Mark Stewart's uh, record label. Uh, Flicker. post Audio Adrenaline, Mark Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. I mean, kind of leads us out of last week into this week. I know, right? They were so they were on Audio Adrenaline's record label, um, and they just did not get the attention they deserved. I think maybe being on that record label hurt them a little bit. Yeah, because that record label didn't get the attention it deserved. Yeah, so it was just so small. If they had been like on Tooth and Nail, maybe they might have had a better chance for success. So let's back up a little bit here. Uh, Waverly, a uh, fun little band here um, from early 2000s. And they started out as, and this is embarrassing, the Freshman 15. Yeah, bit rough. Um, And then they decided to change their name to Waverly. And I'm sure that's a reference to something because, oh my goodness, they uh, changed their name, they released their first album on Flickr Records, Conquering the Fear of Flight. Yeah. And That's this, a phenomenal record. Oh, it's so good. But it's so dense. If you, like, dig through the lyrics in this album, <laughs> you see, like, references. Um, I know there's definitely, like, Narnia references, which I'm always a sucker for. Yeah. There's references to, like, old literature from, um, like, one of the songs is The Tale of the Dragon's Defeat. And then the next song after that is called The Defeat. Um, 
which is like referencing probably a lot of different stuff, but the most obvious reference is, you know... Aragorn. Uh, well, no, I was going to say Satan is as a dragon, you know. Oh, okay. In, in, some, in the book of Revelation. Right. Etc. Um, but there's... It's just packed so densely with all kinds of references, and there's like violin interludes, and the lead singer... And help me out here, Saul. You might have to look up the lead singer's name real quick. But the lead singer actually wrote these violin interludes himself. Because he wanted the album, and this is probably why I'm such a sucker for the album, but he wanted it to be a uh, a cinematic experience. So he specifically wrote those interludes in order to transition from one section of the album to the next, like he would in a movie. Uh, Dave Stavall? Dave Stavall, thank you. And Stovall? He- Stovall? It's um, It's S-T-O-V-A-L-L, so Stovall. And ironically enough, he was in the last iteration of Audio Adrenaline. Was he? Yeah, he what was. What he play? He he was the piano player for, the, for the last iteration of uh, Audio kinda, Adrenaline. That's interesting. Huh. Well, poor guy, downgrade. Well, not really downgraded, but I mean, it would honestly, I I wouldn't really care, like what genre. I we could be doing polka punk, post rock, electronica, whatever the crap you want to call it. If Audio Adrenaline called me up and said, hey. You know, we need a lineup, and we really want you come play guitar. <laughs> You'd um, like, okay. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and when, they're like, we can't really pay you. I'd be like, so what? <laughs> I was in Audio Adrenaline. I wish, um, I wish he would have had an opportunity to probably write some of his own stuff in there. Yeah, because he's a very talented. Well, I mean, if yeah, songwriter. If, if he would, if maybe they would have let him write some stuff, and maybe uh, Stella, Stella yeah. Karts, Adam Agee, yeah, Adam Agee, maybe if they could collaborate on lyrics, oh, man, it would have been that so would have been really good. Like yeah. they may have had a chance, they may have had somewhat of a, oh man, there's a little fire here, you know, but so, unfortunately, due so, to records and producers, <laughs> labels, and, labels and so from what I can tell, Waverly. Um, they had this great record and it got zero attention. Um, I think the biggest hit they had off of it was "Praise and Adore," and the reason why is because it sounds like a generic worship song until you actually listen to the lyrics and you're like, "Oh, this isn't a generic worship song." Yeah. Um, and then they just kind of petered out a little bit. I think Flickr Records wasn't doing horribly well either. Um, and then they just kind of said, "Hey, by the way." We're breaking up. Here's uh, an album with just all the random songs we wrote for the next record, but we didn't actually complete. And it was like just an album with 15 random songs. They even said, this has no... Rec- it's just There's all the songs we had left over. No meaning whatsoever. <laughs> have at it. And they just kind of disappeared. Um, and they uh, had like an EP. And just... They just... Um, and then I, the, I know the drummer went and played for um, Family Force Five for a oh. while, huh? So they were like active in the industry. I'm, I would be surprised if all of them didn't like, like end up were, in another band somewhere or like producing stuff. Yeah, audio engineer, like these were talented guys. They just weren't fitting into boxes, <laughs> right? Um, and then in 2017. Um, what what happened in 2017 with these guys, Solon? Uh, they got... Then they, like, put out, like, one more. They're like, oh, you know, by the way, here's a new album. Or, we're, like, we're having a reunion or something. They yeah. put out, like, a two-song, 
like mini EP. Yes, it was a two song mini EP. And then what? Since then they just disappeared, didn't they? Yes and no. So 2017 they said we're reu- we're reuniting. Here's two songs we wrote. And um, then they just kind of stopped doing stuff, but they're still active. Like, if you look on their Facebook page, they post regularly. Usually it's like, here's other stuff by other people we like. Yeah. So, like, once someone in their band was doing, like, a film, they were promoting it. Uh, their lead singer actually is releasing an album or an EP. He just released it, like, last October. Huh. Which I didn't hear nothing about this. I kind of want to listen to it now. Yeah. So, they just said, uh, we're still writing new music. <laughs> Um, so, Solomon, what year did this band start exactly? I just want to kind of get a timeline here. Uh, I mean... Because I kind of get the feeling these guys are very meticulous in their songwriting. And they take a long time to write songs. Well, they were active, like, 2001 when they started. As the freshmen? Yeah, uh, well, was is that... No, they started as Waverly. Uh, like, it says Waverly started, like... They started under their... that name at two, in 2001. Um, no, 2001 is when they started? And till 2012, they broke up. Uh, what year did 2000, they release? 2013 to 2015, they broke up. 2016 to 2000 present, they're active. Um, but what year did they release Conquering the Fear of Flight? Uh, give me just a second. Just scroll down a little bit in the Wikipedia page. To where it just lists all their albums. Um, Please hold while Solomon looks up further information. <laughs> 2007. Okay, so they probably started doing like the freshman 15 thing at 2001. 2007 was when they actually like kind of got their start as Waverly. At least what we heard, right? Right. But man, these guys take their time writing their songs. Like, Well, okay, okay, let me correct myself. Because they started as freshman 15, 2001 to 2002. Okay. And then uh, High Five Pedestrian, 2004. That was their second that, album as the freshman. Right. But then after that, they became Waverly. Okay. Like, like they released that album, but they were Waverly after they released that album. Yeah. Essentially. So from like 2001... To 2004, they were freshman 15. Um, so, I don't know. I hope... Oh, man, I, I hope so much they release another proper album. I would love to hear a full-on proper album by them again. Um, immensely talented, and they... This is probably one of the first Whatever Happened to Them segments where we're like, okay, this band has a real shot of, like, they may be doing something soon. We can only sit and hope at the moment. Right, and then, like, you know, they have a concert in Indianapolis, and we go. Oh, man. <laughs> they, they have a concert. We are totally all over that. We're, we're driving to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Florida. I know. Not really. I wouldn't want to do that. That's a swampy mess. Hmm. Oh, I mean, so, the, car, the car right there. Florida is very nice in some areas. I heard they were pretty decent live, too, but just... I'm a sucker for, like densely packed reference records. That's why David Crowder Band's my favorite band of all time, right? Yeah. So, of course, they hit that sweet spot for me. Yeah. And I uh, I hope they do something else yeah. soon. <laughs> so what you're saying is you like live music. Um, Actually, I was saying I like album music, but live music. 
that does raise the question because we're we're um what is that called a not a transition there's another word for it uh man my pretty sure it's transition no there's another word for it i mean we can look it up on the thesaurus no there there is another word that i'm going to slap myself that i don't can't remember this word at the moment um segue oh segue (laughs) someone was trying to segue and i'm making it horribly obvious because yeah now you are you're just letting it go (laughs) um but live music um that brings us to our 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 third topic for the day third topic yes topic uh or our third segment which is random topic what is it solomon random topic of the day what makes us like live music so much and I think to answer that question, because I have went to a lot of concerts the past few years. Um, since I got married, we've just, it's kind of our thing. We go to two or three concerts a year. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I can't exactly put my finger on it. I think it depends on the reason you want to go to a concert. So there's, at least in the Christian market, there's generally two or three different types of concerts you're going to go to. Right. Um, one is I want to go to a church service. Right. This is, is your your Hillsong concert. Hillsong Elevation Covenant. Chris Tomlin. <laughs> I want to I want to go to a worship service that just happens to take place inside a giant stadium that people call a church because Joel Osteen preaches there. <laughs> um, but also when they go on tour around the United States, you know. Right. Um, and they're not necessarily bad per se. They're. But that's uh, one reason people go to a concert. And I think the reason for going to that is fairly obvious. We want to worship. We want to worship. Um, and we want to go to a worship service. And we really like hearing these guys on the radio. So Yeah, and we don't mind paying $75 to go. I feel like their, their tickets are... So, Christian music tickets tend to be far more cheaper than uh, secular venues. Um, usually for a Christian concert, you're paying 35 bucks, 50 uh, if you're getting depends. good seats. I mean... Uh, I mean, they're, like, I know at, like, our, uh, at Passion, Passion and Winter Jam are, like, $15, but you have to stand in line for three days straight to get in, you know? Yeah. So, because, like, they're not worried about the money. They're like, oh, trust me, we'll get, we'll get people, we'll get people killing each other. (laughs) We'll have, we'll have another cane raising Abel thing. (laughs) And then there's the uh, second reason people go to concerts, which is... Or the second form of Christian concert. It's really... Well, it's not just Christian concerts. I feel like this one's a bit more universal. Um, and I don't get this one. It's probably because I'm a... I'm a... I like being by myself. That's why I uh, never post actual videos of my face on this YouTube channel. I just talk my voice then i don't have to interact with people as much yeah but as of this week officially our site will be up and you will be able to meet us shameless plug wait till the end for further details (laughs) Uh, but the reason why a lot of people go to the concerts is uh the kind of community right they like being with other people that like that music right they like um you know, for the people that like mosh pits, they like getting in there and moshing with people. Yeah, I they mean... They like jumping up and down with their fans. That's, they, that's something that, yeah, that's like fantastic. <laughs> like, that was one of the things that really got me, like, excited. We went to uh, that Switchfoot 
Reliant K concert in 2017. Uh huh. Until I met this guy standing next to me, I was like, "So yeah, dude, you you like Switchfoot? Yeah, man, I can play all their songs. That's sweet. I play guitar. What do you play? Ukulele. It's like that's kind of awesome. I mean, that's cool. I want to hear Meant to Live on a ukulele now. I mean, like, yeah, but like, anything else, bro? Like, <laughs> can you play anything else? Even if it's the xylophone? Nope. Ukulele. Ukulele's awesome, man. He's a hippie. He was like, I mean, yeah, right on, man. Okay, cool. I mean, we got on, or we got along the whole night. We were just sitting there, just, you know. And if I can, <laughs> if I can be an old man here for a minute, um, please, people, for the sake of all that's great, put away your cell phones at the concert. Stop taking pictures and videos. Talk to the person next to you. Just go and enjoy the moment. Don't get caught up in taking a video of your favorite song. If you wait till the end of the tour, chances are the band will probably post a video themselves of them doing that song. Right, right. <laughs> Just... Like, and it's going to be a whole lot better quality. It will not take up storage on your phone. And you get to know the guy next to you or gal next to you or whatever it is next to you. Yeah. Because there's so much hair covering its face, you don't know. <laughs> Um, it just, it's a, it's a, it's a tragedy that really bugs me when I go to live concerts. I'm like, spit away your phones, people. <laughs> okay. Old man, old man, soapbox done. I'll, I'll step away. And I mean, I'm guilty. <laughs> I, I, I took a, um, a live or, I mean, everybody had their flashlights on. Okay. That's and, one thing. You and know, but... I, I, I just took a video of them playing, uh, meant to live. Mm-hmm. Or uh, not meant to dare live. you to move. Dare you to move. Yeah, and I was like, wait, I have to get this on video, obviously, because I don't. I mean, it was good. I liked it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just that's my old man soapbox. So that's reason number two. People go to concerts, right? Um, and I'm sure there's other reasons for people. These are just the general reasons I'm familiar with. And there's reason number three. This is the the Samuel reason. I don't know how many people actually share this opinion. I go because I'm a nerd. And what I mean by that is I like to scope out the instruments they're playing, their pedal boards. I like to watch them play the parts. Right. Yeah. That I is, like to, that I just, that, that part gets me. I'm like, yes, this is so cool to watch. This is the cheese right there. Yes. I like to, like, uh, I went and saw House of Heroes play their 10th anniversary for The End Is Not The End. Fantastic album, by the way. And they played it from front to back. But opening for them was John Rubin. And um, he only had one person playing backup for him. But just watching him rap, just watching him go with his flow and choose his words and get the crowd going, it was just interesting to see. And uh, that's why I like concerts. Yeah, I mean the interaction, being able to interact, like visually interact with what you hear Mm -hmm. through a radio. And like, I mean... It's one thing, I know, you know, Christian artists, they're not, like, as big of celebrities as... I mean, to us, they're celebrities. To mm-hmm. us, they're these, like, oh, wow, he's so famous. Reminds but, like, me of the, the scene in I Can Only Imagine where he's geeking out over Amy Grant and Smitty. Yeah. <laughs> Smitty! <laughs> Wait, can I call you Smitty? Your friends call you Smitty. Can I call you Smitty? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, Yeah, that's funny. I actually like that part, too. Anyhow, and I like I liked how they had Michael W. Smith as like a like real chill dude. And it was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like 
Because, like, we know he was, like, some pimped-out druggie or something. Like, he uh, like he wasn't, but that's what he sounded like in the movie. He's like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. For all the Smitty fans out there, we're not saying Michael W. Smith ever partaked in drugs or pimpery. No, I, I was... Jeez. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? You guys are too uptight. All right, continue. I love Michael W. Smith. I mean, he was... He was the bad boy of Christian music for a long time. <laughs> Resident bad boy Michael W. Smith with Place in This World. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for a reason. All right, continue. Um, before I distracted you. Oh, man. You were saying... Uh, but, like, I mean, it was just... It's one thing to be like, these lyrics inspire me, but to be able to, like... Look like right next to me, like, oh, there is the guy who wrote the words to that song that inspires me. Therefore, he inspires me, and he's standing right next to me. He may be sweat, he may be sweatier than a pig, but like, yeah, like that. That's that's the cheese, man. Like that's that's what it is all about. When yeah. you go to a concert, that's my main thing. Is like I like to go to visually interact and actively interact. And, you know, show show these people that are such an inspiration and a motivation that, hey, you're getting you're getting a reaction from us. Like, that's yeah. what it is. I mean, it's twofold here. It's like we get to react and, you know, we get to connect with it. And then they get to connect with us being like, oh, wait, these are the people that we put our stuff out to. Mm-hmm. These are the people that support us. You're like... And, you know, it's it's a kind of, in your own small way, you want to just, it's like you're giving a, that artist a high five and just saying, hey, man, thank you. Right, right. Thank you, whoever is up there, you know. Rather, it's Lauren Daigle, John Foreman, right. um, Core King Country, whoever. Just, hey, Bear, thank you for what you're doing. Reinhardt. Do- yeah. <laughs> thank you for doing what you're doing. Right. Now, just uh, a <laughs> just, uh, friendly advice is... When you're at a concert, do not yell out to the group that you're seeing, we love you, because if you're a guy and you're 17, 16, 17 years old, <laughs> and puberty has not hit you, you may not sound like a guy, and the band may yell out, we love you too, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. But that, that, We're not saying that happened No, it happened. It happened. It did. It did. <laughs> It doesn't make me change my mind about John. He's still the best looking blonde I know. <laughs> Besides me. Second best. He's second best looking blonde I know. Um Well guys, there we go. That's um we have we have talked and talked. So now we want to hear from you guys. Again, please, please guys, talk to us back. <laughs> um you can always contact us at Brothers King Media. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. And then... Uh, yeah, it's changed from our Zoho. <laughs> yes, thank you. We, 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 we updated it. Yeah, um, guys, we do not recommend Zoho. But for if you do, you if, if you are an owner of Zoho, we recommend Zoho. <laughs> I mean, it depends if you'll pay us. You know? Yeah, pay us. And, and we might recommend you. Um, do we have any other outlets to reach yeah, us out? Yeah, uh, you can reach us on Instagram, uh, all lowercase... Brothers King underscore media and at Facebook right now it is at Brother King Media 
because I forgot to put the S on brothers. And that will be changing soon. So try Brother King Media. And if that don't work, it, it's changed to Brothers King Media. Again, that is B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S-K-I-N-G-M-E-D-I-A. Brothers King Media. Thank you guys for your time. And keep being the glimpse of eternity. Right on.